Hello everyone, I am Jeremy Ellis and welcome to Pinny Tolerable, the podcast where two large adults talk about movies, TV shows, comics, and whatever else. We spend a lifetime together so you can spend some time with us and they, oh, I'm seeing double, four Nathaniels. <laughs> is, is that the best Simpsons joke? Yeah. It's in the running, right? <laughs> but Nathaniel, because of my powers, I can see into other timelines and universes. Yeah. I'm seeing all the different yous, like... Robot Nathaniel? Okay. Cowboy Nathaniel? Howdy. Manga Nathaniel? Howdy. And Shark Nathaniel? <laughs> Chomp. And those are the only four other? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are the only four other, and uh, if you can't tell, there was a beat after Manga Nathaniel where I went, do I do the voice? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> okay. Um, <clears throat> you know, it's funny, You when you do, like, the manga voice, I... I think it's fine if you do the acting. Yeah. Like, that's what I've noticed. You can't do, like, the voice. Mm-hmm. You can't, don't, don't want to do, like, an accent or anything. But if you do, like, the... Oh, that joke is so funny. The first time I heard it, I fell off my dinosaur. That was how long ago it was. Yeah. Like, when you're imitating the, uh, like, the way that American voice actors dub anime, mm-hmm. then it's fair game. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, thanks, everybody. Um... Yeah, uh, this is a follow-up to uh, our last episode, our Elric episode, which is already drawing reviews longer than necessary. <laughs> Raves Vulture. Uh, kind of a Nathaniel-heavy episode. Not as much so goofing around as usual. Yeah, to be honest, it was... Could have had more Jeremy. <laughs> oh, nobody's been saying that. Uh <laughs> Maybe it was a little bit of a symposium where <laughs> you asked some like prepared academic questions. I was like, "Why, uh, yes, uh, Elric is the sailor in the seas of fate. Well spotted." Yeah. Uh, which I guess is fine for like the like three people who actually wanted to know but didn't want to read the books. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, uh, I do like being a little goofier, and this is a a branch topic from the last one because what are we talking about today? We're talking about multiverses. There's, yeah. It's not just multiverses. There's multiverses of multiverses. Billions and billions of multiverses. <laughs> I believe it was uh, Carl Sagan who first pioneered the idea of the billionverse. Not an infinite number, just a billion of them. Like, yeah. more than you would ever realistically need. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, so, yeah, I, I profess during the Elric episode that I'm not a fan of multiverses. Mm-hmm. And... It. How do I put this? Uh, what, what's the line from Charles Portis? Like, we are not our fathers. We do not even look like them. There's this idea that you had, like, a, a perfect thing, and then it gets reduced and watered down and, like, the clone of the clone. Yeah. You know, the just, multi- like, just like in multiplicity. Just like in multiplicity, based on real science. Uh, so this idea that, like, what we have now is the watered-down version of something cool. Like, if you went back to, like, oh, like, the old spy movies or the old novels of mm-hmm. the war generation, you'd have the real thing. And now, what we, like, we have directors who, like, grew up watching the guys who grew up watching movies made by people who grew up watching movies made by adults. Yeah. Now, the tricky thing is, if you start with something good and you reduce it to something, like, shitty and kind of stepped on, mm-hmm. sorry, there's a mosquito, um... 
Leave it in a build character. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you start with something good and then you have like the endless reduced refraction of it, mm-hmm. where does that leave you? What if you start with something that wasn't that good to begin with? Yeah. And then you have the shitty, overdone, retold version of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so that's my take on the multiverse. But I figure we can talk about Morcox a little more. We can talk about. Uh, the new movies that are coming out. Uh, That's the t- uh, it's the fun police. It's the time police. They're trying to capture Loki and his variants. Yeah. We're sorry. It's it's real time. Wait, are there more than one Loki in the show? Yeah. There's like a shit ton. Why? Well, uh, to be fun and have like other Lokis that he can meet. There's a girl Loki named Sylvia. There's a... S- Sylvia. Yeah. There's President Loki. There's Richard E. Grant as the comic actor costume Loki. There's Kid Loki. There's... Sorry, but Black Loki. Why are apologizing to me? <laughs> <laughs> There's just a bunch of different Lokis. Um, Sylvia. Yeah, do- doesn't really add to much. It's just... Sylvia. <laughs> Sylvia. Yeah. So, um, did anything go into that? Because, you know, usually, like, if the Three Stooges, like, saw themselves in drag and, like, flirted with themselves using split screen, that it would be, like, Moina, Carlina, and Lorena, right? Yeah. Or, like, wasn't there, like, uh, Jaleel White played, like, a Urkel's cousin or yeah, something? Yeah, Myrtle Urkel. See, okay, this see, Myrtle is not like a feminized version of Steven, mm-hmm. but Myrtle Urkel is a funny name. I yeah. get how they landed on Myrtle. Yeah. Yeah. S- Sylvia. Yeah. Not, not, not like uh, Lowellen or so, like, like where it shares like a single syllable, syllabus, a single syllable with a name, just, just Sylvia. Yeah. It, and it's not even like Loka, where you can understand why she's upset, yeah. because she looks upstairs from you, yes, I think she's seen you before, yeah. if you hear something late at night, some kind of trouble, some kind of fight, just don't ask her what it was. Well, the problem is, once uh, these, you know, the, the space fabric, uh, the time zones start breaking down, you're going to see all sorts of uh, female duplicates, so you'll see like the female Thanos... Barbara. <laughs> and, uh, oh, you, you'll even get to see uh, the female Red Skull, Michelle. <laughs> I am Michelle. I deliver. <laughs> Sylvia. Sylvia. <laughs> Does she stick her head in an oven at some point? No. Okay. You just, you were about to say, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't finish. She might. In an infinite world of multiverses, she's trying sticking her head in another, like, Sylvia Plath, but she has the comic accurate Loki horns. Says, Duke, Duke. Just her head butting an appliance. No funeral taped to her back. <laughs> but yeah, no, I have seen the whole thing, and it ends with Kang the Conqueror in a cliffhanger. Mm, a Kang hanger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's that's a, that's what he says whenever his balls are up. <laughs> <laughs> and the character Agent Mobius, Agent Mobius is played by uh, Owen Wilson. Hey, wow, Loki! I I love all the stuff you do. 
Then what does he say? What? Then, then what does he say? <laughs> I call that one my Kung Pao chicken. Uh-huh. Then, then what does he say? It's common freaking sense. <laughs> I like to just... And it just turns into little Becky in a couple steps. <laughs> yeah, I want Some multiverses. Yeah, let's do a sketch where it's... Okay, it's Katz's Deli. Little Nicky and Paul Giamatti are arguing over a lost ticket. Go. Yeah. Multiverses. Okay, so yeah, and one thing that prompted this, we did Elric, of course. Uh, and then recently Jeremy watched uh, a moving film. With uh, a multiverse. and yeah. Just so people know that we're autistic, yes, we are doing the hand crank thing from home movies. <laughs> yeah. We watched video films. <laughs> video films, that's it. Okay, so Jeremy recently watched a motion picture oh, uh, with some multiverses that I haven't seen. And I recently watched one about multiverses that Jeremy Ellis hasn't seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'll try to have a somewhat spoiler-free discussion there, but we are, of course, talking about that. Uh, Spider or Doctor Strange? <laughs> well, kind of right. Go again. <laughs> go again. Spider. <laughs> go again. Doctor Strange. Spider Strange in the, <laughs> the multiverse of Holmes. <laughs> Doctor Strange in the multiverse. Uh, 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 Doctor Octodoom with the the panoply of panachery. <laughs> He saw Doctor Strange too, and I saw uh, everything everywhere all at once. And you know, usually my joke for like a non-Marvel movie, I, I would go like, "And I watched a real movie made by grown-ups." But uh, I don't think at least half of that is true. Actually, <laughs> uh, speaking as somebody who liked everything everywhere all at once, uh, it, it does feel like if the World's most talented director made a TikTok challenge. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we can get into all of that. And, uh, you know, I won't uh, spoil anything. And uh, where do you want to begin? Um, should I do with. Uh, well, uh, whatever, whatever you like. I mean, do we start with Morcock or do we dive into the movies? Dive into the movies. Okay. Uh, with Doctor Strange, it's. Uh, you know, it's. It starts out, he's going to his ex-girlfriend's wedding. and Well, here's the thing. I'll stop you right there. Mm-hmm. I'll interrupt you like you for getting the title of a movie. Um, there exists in an infinite number of universes, there exists the possibility that I might see Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Uh, I'm not in any rush. Mm-hmm. But uh, my girlfriend has said that she wants to. She's a Doctor Strange fan. Uh, she's blonde. <laughs> no. Um, but she said she's interested, so we might see it sometime. Uh, I, which is merely to say, like, maybe don't give me, like, the whole plot, beat for beat. Uh, but, yeah, if you want to at least tell me, like, how the multiverse enters into it. I know the Illuminati should, so mm-hmm. you can... Yeah, and that's all. Like, not only do I know it, that's also the part that I am least interested in. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I don't mean to like uh, cut you off, but feel free to skip anything that I might actually enjoy in the movie, and then just mention, oh yeah, Wanda's in it. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, they stumble. He doesn't stumble upon her. She stumbles upon him. Um, this girl from another uh, timeline. Her name is America. And she's this uh, Latina. <laughs> that that's a girlfriend. That, that's weird because she's fallen on hard times. That's what America. I was thinking when I was watching the movie. Because it's like, America, you have power. You could be incredible. Just believe in yourself. <laughs> we. Uh, yeah, I feel like uh, if this is meant to be any sort of metaphor, I feel like America should stop believing in itself. <laughs> like. The country and the world would be better if America believed in itself a little less for 10 <laughs> or 15 years. But essentially what her power is, is... She... America is the, I bet I can jump between these two buildings <laughs> of countries. Kind of, yeah. yeah. She, uh, whenever she gets super stressed out, a big star-shaped portal appears and sucks her through dimensions randomly. <laughs> yeah, it's shaped like a star. And uh, eventually she... Like a star or like a butthole or what? No, it's a star. It's a five-pointed star like on the American flag. <laughs> like she hops on it with Kirby and rides at <laughs> the next level. She's coming right back at you. Why but, would a portal have corners? I don't know. Like I get like just like a kind of a, you know, a circle or like forgive me, the kind of a vaginal suggestive opening if it's going for mm-hmm. something. Yeah. Metaphorically. <laughs> or, you know, if it's just like a door. Like a Neverwhere or a Dark Tower. Why would there be so many angles on a portal? I guess it's from the comics. Oh. But <laughs> get out of jail free card. As some guy, I'm not paying Drew this. So. <laughs> okay. But, go on, go on. Yeah. Um, and it, uh, she later finds out that she can do it just by punching a portal in the air. <laughs> <laughs> she, yeah, she she punches reality two for Fletcher. Two for two. Oh no, I created a wormhole two for Fletcher. So anyway, you mean to tell me that every time they drive past a VW bug on the road, she opens a portal? <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah. But you know, they have to the whole thing is that um they have to find the Book of Ashanti, and they have to go to different realities to try to find it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Wanda is uh, mad at them for some reason. And, Wanda's always mad. Yeah, and she's evil in this. And to a Which t- is, she's always evil. Yeah. You know, like, the, the Scarlet Witch has always been an evil character. In every one of these movies that yeah. I've seen. Even when she's trying to do good, it's like, oh, I better raise the explosion that's full of crossbones into the air. Oh, I blew up a hospital. That's literally what the movie Yeah, the, the psychopathic terrorist, the Scarlet Witch. Yeah. Yeah. The, the character who Magneto kicked out of the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants for being too evil. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, apparently she has some fans. <laughs> Does she? By the, can we pause here for a second? Does anybody like the Scarlet Witch? I think a lot of people do. Yeah. But the whole thing is like, she's been through a lot. Kind of, maybe. No more than any other Marvel character, really. Didn't every single Marvel character like die and come back? If we're making movies about lived trauma. Yeah, and also didn't Thor lose like brother, dad, 
well, planet, kingdom, I. Yeah, I guess that's all true, but... And it, it's dumb of me to say, like, oh, d- does anybody actually like Scarlet Witch? Because the answer is yes. Yes, they do. It, it's like asking, like, does anybody like Foggy Nelson from the Netflix series? Yes, there are uh, 300 million Twitter accounts mm-hmm. devoted to him, and each one of them has 3 million followers. Yeah. So, like, it's it's MCU, so the answer is yes. Yeah. They're, they're absolutely, like... That there are porn sites devoted to Tanelier Tanner. <laughs> so I, I get it. In that sense, yes, people like the Scarlet Witch, but I, I cannot shake off this feeling that Wanda is the most stop trying to make fetch happen of all the characters. Mm-hmm. Be, because, not to go off on a huge rant here, but like, not the biggest Marvel guy, obviously. Don't need to restate that every time we bring it up. I will at least allow that a lot of these characters came about organically. Mm-hmm. They rolled the dice on an Iron Man movie, and people really liked Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. You could have cast anybody as Chris Evans. Uh, as Chris, well, you could cast anybody as Chris Evans. <laughs> but, no, you could have cast anybody as Captain America. People seem to like Chris Evans. Mm-hmm. And so it's a, like, oh, we didn't quite take to American History X, but we did like uh, Mark Ruffalo. Yeah. Okay, Hemsworth, two mulligans, and then people really liked Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. My mileage varies, but I, I get, broadly speaking, I get why, okay, people seem to take to Groot. Okay, people seem to like the T- Taika Waititi Thor. Yeah. Wanda still feels like the character where they're assuring us that we like them. Kind of, it, yeah. it still feels like Kevin Feige going... And your favorite character, the Scarlet Witch, will be in the new movie. And I'm like, I did I say she was? I, did, is did what? It and it's weird. Did I fall asleep and order a bunch of Scarlet Witch online when I was <laughs> drunk? Like, and it's weird because, like, out of the the couple that she's in, Vision is kind of more interesting. Like, yes, <laughs> seeing seeing this dude kind of spock around. <laughs> It's kind of interesting. Yeah. And then... <laughs> this dude that can walk through walls. And I think that the other thing that, that hampers are... Many... Well, I was going to say there are a lot of uh, comic book characters that were good that sucked in the comics and got good in the movies. Uh, I don't actually think that's true. I think there's maybe like three. <laughs> it's... Uh, um, it, it doesn't help that Wanda in the comics sucks. Mm-hmm. Since, like, 1964, this has been a terrible character. Yeah. And so she has a much cooler brother <laughs> who's just like, what if the Flash was mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, like, fast Namor. So, yeah, like, Quicksilver is, like, endearing in his own way. Like, Scarlet Witch is a character where, like, never had a good mm-hmm. costume. Mm-hmm. 60 years later, nobody can tell you what her powers are. There, There's not a good Scarlet Witch story. I- anywhere <laughs> it's not like, oh, like Daredevil sucked and then Frank Miller really made a lot of yeah. it it's like no, Magneto, we, Magneto sucked but then Chris Claremont oh my god yeah like we are fully at the point where like after 60 years it's like how can we crack the Scarlet Witch like may- maybe you can't like these days we're not trying to figure out what to do with the circus of crime <laughs> we yeah. just moved on <laughs> and went fucking owl the owl is cooler 
Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's, just been bull- in, he's been in a Netflix show. Yeah, bull, Bullseye shows up and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, we are not knocking our heads together like, God, how can we spin Molten Man off into his own movie? <laughs> but we actually are. I just Sony's going to do that in two years. <laughs> yeah. But, like, can we just admit, like, like from soup to nuts, that the Scarlet Witch is a bad character in film, in print, everywhere? I can get behind okay. that. Okay, okay. I just want to put that out there. But, yeah, she's the bad... Oh, now I know why she's the bad guy. Because... Duh. She misses her kids that didn't actually exist. Mm-hmm. Um... And there's only one universe where she has them. Really? Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. So she had fake kids with vision that she, like, imagined into reality? Yeah. If her powers are... She can just make reality, right? Yeah. Why doesn't she make new kids? Good point. Yeah. Why doesn't she go to Texas? And she won't have any say in the matter. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. Okay, but, lightening the tone a little yeah. bit. But, uh... And it's just like her chasing them around into different universes, like, like Amy. Yeah. God. Okay. <laughs> and uh, eventually they get to this very idyllic uh, world, and <clears throat> they meet the Illuminati, okay. who are uh, Captain Carter. The Monica Rambo version of uh, Captain Marvel. Okay. Um, let's see who else. Uh, Xavier, Black, right? Xavier. Yeah. And the his, Renegade Angel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Xavier in his comics accurate uh, Shi'ar Empire chair. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm sure many children were conceived after seeing that in the theater. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, there's also Blackagar Boltagon, and uh, <sighs> Reed Richards of the fabled Fantastic Four, played yeah. by John Krasinski, who's just so darn nice. Uh, yeah, and those are essentially the Illuminati, and uh, I won't go into why they capture Strange, but it's, you know, he's... You said you might see it, so... But, yeah, it's... It's trippy, if nothing else, like, as the Doctor Strange movies normally are, and, uh... Uh... I was a little chemically affected when uh, I watched the movie, so that made it a little better. Um, Well... uh, I'm not making fun of you, but I like how you said uh, it's trippy the way Doctor Strange movies are. Mm. This being the second one. Yeah, well, people yeah. know the first one, how yeah. weird the visuals are. All, all one of them. I was just curious if you were including a Dr. Mordred in yeah. that lineup. Um, okay. But essentially, yeah, like every scene, every other scene basically is like the uh, trip that um, the Ancient One sends him on in the first one. There's like a lot of very interesting visuals. And to his credit, Sam Raimi kind of makes the film his own. Like, it's one of those things where, like, even hampered by the restrictions of Marvel, you can tell this is Raimi. Yeah, uh, that's, you know, I, I won't mouth off because I haven't seen the thing. Uh, and 
if I'm going to see it, it's pretty much because it's raining. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I feel like they do that a lot. And I'm, I'm not calling you a liar. Yeah. <laughs> Are you calling me a liar? I, I don't mean to say that, but it's worth looking at the stable of Marvel directors. And I feel like every time they come up, they come out with a new one, it's like, yeah, we, we really let uh, like Sam Raimi like, put his stamp on this one. Like, I don't know. Like, in Wave 1, didn't you guys have Kenneth Branagh? Yeah. Direct, like, yeah, the maker of Artemis Fowl. <laughs> so it's not like Kenneth Branagh is a can't miss property, but he, he certainly has, like, a style. And you can... Uh, yeah. uh, but, but I'm just saying, like, it, it does seem pretty well split between just hiring, uh, what, like, commercial directors and TV directors like the Russo brothers. Yeah. Uh, and then occasionally doing the weird, like, oh, like, you, James Gunn's directing, like, a movie with a PG rating? Yeah. <laughs> How'd you manage that? <laughs> um, and, like, I guess, like, I look at Ragnarok and they go, we, we really let Taika Waititi do whatever he wanted with it. And I watched it and went, yeah, I, I guess he did. <laughs> the, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Like, yeah. For, you know, I, I mean that genuinely, like, the parts of it I like are very much Taika, and the parts of it I don't. Like, yeah. Cool, a shake weight joke mm-hmm. in 2017. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, still seem like Taika, so. So I, I guess, like, this is Raimi more in that mode of, like, you know, he proved that he could direct a couple Spider-Man movies, so we're not going to be looking over his shoulder. We'll, we'll be looking over his shoulder most of the time instead of all of the time. Mm-hmm. Okay. It, and again, like you mentioned, James Gunn, and there is the thing of like, you watch Guardians, and yeah. you can tell that this is like a Disneyfied version where it's like, it's about family. There's a lot of banter. Uh, if you look closely in the background, Rob Zombie and Lloyd Kaufman appear. So it's like, yeah, that's a okay, yeah, that's a James Gunn movie. Yeah, and weirdly enough, when they let him do Suicide Squad, like, I believe me, I'm, along with everyone else, I'm making the biggest jack-off motion of all time at those trailers that said, uh, from the twisted and beautiful mind of James Gunn. Yeah. Because a movie that only James Gunn can make. Yeah. But I actually did enjoy The Suicide Squad, mm-hmm. and we, we it had its own episode, I won't endlessly rehash it, but when we watched it, I was like... This feels like an actual James Gunn movie. Yeah. Like, it's... Because people are going, oh, it's just like the DC version of Guardians. Mm-hmm. Like, no, Guard- I like Guardians fine. I, I honestly do. But it is it is very much its own thing. It's like, what if you let this goofball do, like, a Marvel version of Star Wars? Whereas the Suicide Squad just feels like the specials, then super, then this. Yeah. Keep giving him more and more ill-advised budgets. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, like, the the violence, the swearing, the... I wouldn't call it nihilism, but... Mm-hmm. That, it feels much more the, true to his actual aesthetic. comedy. Yeah. The fact that it is, in places, a horror movie, which... Gar- whatever, Guardians is, like, ego is meant to be creepy, but... Guardians is never a horror movie. Yeah, in, at any point. Then you have scenes of, like, Polka Dot Man <laughs> vomiting polka dots that would have torn him... Yeah. From the inside out. Like, that's genuine. Okay. 
Well, I'm, I'm glad you liked it. And Raimi, it, 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 we talked about this a few episodes ago, but like you watch a movie like Morbius and it's, it's not that it makes me nostalgic for like the road warrior and the thing. Yeah. Like objectively some of the best yeah. movies ever made. I watch Morbius and I go like, man, could, could we go back to like 2002 so I could watch X versus Sever instead? <laughs> God damn. I wish I was watching Charlie's angels full throttle or that dead or alive movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, when you find yourself nostalgic for two-star movies. Yeah. Know, and I feel like that's, like, what, what Raimi has done, where... I, I don't... Like, oh, Sam Raimi has his first new movie out in ten years. Mm-hmm. It's not even that I'm looking back and, like, oh, God, I hope it's as good as Army of Darkness and Evil Dead 2 and The Quick and the Dead and A Simple Plan. Mm-hmm. Just, uh, again, like... By almost any count, really good movies. It's. I, I hope love. this is as good as Spidey Three. Yeah, exactly. Where and I said that in a friend's chat not long ago, like the jazz scene from Spidey Three. Mm-hmm. I would rather watch that than any scene from any Marvel movie. <laughs> it, it, it really is. I'm not the first person to make this point, but like the fact that once upon a time we thought that like Batman and Robin. Was not just the worst comic movie, but like the worst yeah. movie. And now I'm like, it might be the worst Batman movie, but the jury's out. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's stupider, but it's not as boring as some of the others. Not the um, worst one he's appeared in. <laughs> no, God, no. If you throw that in, then like it's totally uh, not even in the running. Um, and it's the same thing where like Once Upon a Time, Spider Man 3 was like, series killingly bad yeah and now you look at it and you're like yeah it's maybe like the fourth best spider-man movie (laughs) (laughs) but that's in a nutshell that's uh dr strange like again without giving too much away because there's a lot of stuff that hinges on like a lot of stuff that explains stuff that leads to bigger stuff Um, so I don't really know how much to... Well, you... I don't know. You don't have to give too much away plot-wise, but... uh, um, So it introduces the Illuminati, Mm -hmm. which is one of those ideas where you're like, yep, that that sure was from the comic. Yeah. Does anybody like the Illuminati? I don't know. I'm pretty sure this was just an excuse to shoehorn in... Yeah. The what if characters, Black Bolt, Xavier, and Reed. You're absolutely right. It's it, in that sense, it was probably the most elegant way to do that, which you know, is still not saying much. Mm. But I'll put it this way uh, again, you go back to I, I hate to just limit it to older adaptations, but it's like, of course, you're going to make movies based on Days of Future Past and God Loves, Mad Kills. Mm-hmm. Because those are the stories everyone seems to like. Yeah, there, there's just kind of a general consensus, like, or it doesn't have to be a movie, but like the old X Men cartoon. Of course, they're going to do Dark Phoenix at some point. Yeah, that's what everybody thinks of when yeah. they think of X Men, or you know, Daredevil: Born Again. And I'm not a fan, but if you did a comic based on like Civil War, mm-hmm. uh, the big crossover. Well, yeah, Civil War was certainly, like, a, a big deal. Yeah. 
Uh, oh, uh, some, here, I'm not a Captain America guy, but Winter Soldier. Yeah, seemed exactly. to be like bringing Bucky back as the Winter Soldier, the Ed Brubaker run. I never mm-hmm. even read it. Seems to be like a genuinely well received storyline, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And then there are the stories where they just happened. Yeah. Where it's like, uh, oh, well, the the comics, uh, Fantastic Four, Mr. Fantastic, and Namor, and uh, Professor X or the Illuminati. Nobody ever talks about it. Nobody asked to have, like, an Illuminati solo series. Yeah. Nobody was, even, like, Marvel freaks were going, when does the Illuminati show up? Yes. When when did did the Illuminati get their own Disney series? Come on, man. I'm jonesing here. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm Rick jonesing here. (laughs) But, uh... But it's like, well, it's in the comics, so I guess we can use that. And it, it just feels like one of those things like Red Hulk. Yeah. Nobody likes Red Hulk. He's just in the comics. Nobody talks about Red Hulk. But if you put Red Hulk in something, people would go, it's Red Hulk. Yeah. From the series Red Hulk. <laughs> yeah. Uh, as opposed to like Planet Hulk, which people actually liked. So yeah. So I get why they use that in the story. Yeah. Yeah. If, if the maestro showed up, people would be like, oh, yeah, exactly. I remember. I like maestro. Okay. Uh, so anyways, this really is an excuse to... Uh, I'm stating it, but I guess I'm asking. This is an excuse to bring in the Fox characters. Yeah. Because now that there's a multiverse, you can pull in characters from Sony and Fox and anywhere else. Yeah. Okay. Uh, again, I feel like... Uh, I prefer my approach. They're just there. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. How, how did the Fantastic Four come to be in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Ah, they live in New York. Yeah. That's my solution there. Like, we just didn't bring them up until now. Uh-huh. And then it only really becomes an issue if... Because if you just want to bring them in, like... Uh, they're, they're obviously, like, reintroducing the Fantastic Four for, like, the fifth fucking time. Yeah. Um, has any series had as many mulligans as the Fantastic Four? I don't not know. all series, but like comic book adaptations. I don't think so. And the weird thing of the Roger Corman version being the best one. Yeah. But, uh, and then the, the one, the Jessica Alba ones, which mm-hmm. you don't even really want to call that a do-over because those made a bizarre amount of money. Yeah, like those were actually quite successful movies. And you look back at them now, and it's the weird early two thousands dude bro stuff. Yeah, like the fact that Johnny Storm was like frosted tips and stuff. Like, yeah. Um. But just thinking about it, because there's there's characters. Oh, there've been like a bunch of Batman's. Mm-hmm. But those aren't Mulligans. Yeah, they just it's like this series. That's like James Bond. The series goes on long enough, like. Of course, we're eventually going to recast Superman and Batman. It's the opposite problem. They have been around so long that eventually we're going to rejuvenate things. Yeah. The Fantastic Four seems like the one property where it's like the engine not turning over. Like, mm-hmm. okay, Roger Corman. Okay. Okay. But, but this time, I got an idea. The guy from Nip Tuck will be Dr. Doom. Okay, okay, now I, but here's the thing. Josh Trank, uh, we're gonna go, (laughs) and I would, it's not, it's not going to be, they're gonna do a Fantastic Four movie and it's gonna make a billion dollars. Yeah. If the John Krasinski Fantastic Four movie came out and it flopped, (laughs) 
that was the movie that silver bulleted the MCU. <laughs> yeah. That would be the funniest shit of all time. <laughs> that would be so awesome. Because at that point, it's no longer just like, oh, like we need to figure out what to do with the characters. Maybe like a, like a 60s version, like X-Men First Class. If, if they're not going to, but if that happened, that's the point where you just have to acknowledge that they're cursed. Yeah. Then it's it's like how you could never make a Quixote movie. <laughs> yeah. It's like, hey, you know the Fantastic Four are literally your first characters? Yeah. Uh, that like launched the Marvel Silver Age. What if that was just the biggest fucking albatross around <laughs> your back forever? And like you're you're like, we could do like a Black Panther and Ant-Man and characters people like. But you keep glancing over at the Fantastic Four. <laughs> and it's the last piece of cursed gold sitting in the treasure chest. And it's like, as long as you leave one coin in the haunted pirate's chest, the curse won't affect you. Yeah. Just let it sit. <laughs> let some other schmuck find it in a thousand years and unleash the tempest. But you're like, I really want that last doubloon, goddammit. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to happen. Just saying it would be funny. Um, so the Illuminati is uh, an organization that consists of all the Marvel characters no one likes. <laughs> okay, Black Black Bolt. I okay. Nobody actually likes the Inhumans, but they're fun. Yeah, Black Bolt is a fun. He, he lives on the moon. He can't talk, and his name is Black Bolt, and his real name is Blackagar Boltagon. Yeah. So, which again, and he has a giant dog that teleports and has a tuning fork on its head. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and the fact that his name was Blackagar Boltagon, it's the most fucking Mike Nelson joke. Because <laughs> you know how Mike loves to do that. And yeah. every, every time it's like, hey, get over here, boy. Well, good thing his name is Aloysius Erasmus Boy. Yeah. Like, he, he loves doing, like, the long version. Mortimer Q. Clankety Bridges. Yeah, Mortimer, exactly. Uh, so Zap roused hour, and it's like, oh, the name stands for like Zach, uh, Aramathias, Aristotle, <laughs> Philostrator, roused hour. like you know that that sort of thing. Yeah. He seems very partial to that. That sounds like a joke. Where if there was a character named Blackbolt in a movie, then in the riff tracks they would say like, I'll just sign my will, Blackagard Boltagon the <laughs> Third. Yeah. That's just his name. That's just Stanley. <laughs> So Blackagar Boltagon, which again, a black bolt isn't a thing. Yeah. It's not one of those things where you're like, oh, there's a character named the Riddler. Edward Nigma. Enigma. Oh, like uh, Joker. What if his real name was Joseph Kerwood? Yeah. Like that sort of thing. It's like, it's not a, you made up black bolt. Mm-hmm. And then you made up Blackagar Boltagon <laughs> as the yes. alias. Yes. His secret identity, which he doesn't use, <laughs> yeah, because he's a monster that lives on the moon. You could have just called. I would accept a moon guy being named Black Bolt. Yeah, no, but no. When he when he punches in for work <laughs> at the New York Times, <laughs> he has to have something to put on his his tax forms. <laughs> it's like okay, like, like who are the others? Medusa. Lockjaw, Medusa, Lockjaw, Triton, uh, and Kar- Karnak, Karnak, and Gorgon. Okay, so like uh, Gorgon. I love Medusa. how you have a character named Medusa and then a character called Gorgon, yeah. <laughs> neither of which have 
the powers of Medusa or Chaos. No, it would be like if you had like two, two like heroes that plot together, and one was named Hercules, and one was named God. <laughs> I, uh, I'm, I'm Count Dracula, and this is my sidekick, Vampire. <laughs> uh, I guarantee there's a Japanese movie somewhere where that's, that's a real thing. Yeah. Okay, um... So, the, those are all at least words, like even Lockjaw. Karnak, who I guess was named after, like, Karnak the Magnificent? Yeah, he's named after a... A bed. Okay, <laughs> that that would be like if Karnak's real name... Was Johnny on, Carson? ...on the moon was, was like, Carsonacules. <laughs> okay, that would be pretty dope, though. Actually. Is he the one with hooves, or is he the smart one? He's the, he's the nitpicker. He's the nitpicker. <laughs> See, that's a better superhero name. Yeah. The, the new Batman villain, the nitpicker. Yeah. I was going to break. <laughs> Don't sit too far back in that chair. You weigh too much. <laughs> the nitpicker spotted ruining movies at the Gotham Odeon. <laughs> uh, the nitpicker strikes again. Oh, Batman, I'm glad you're here. We, we popped on Memento, and I think it's pretty good. He'd never seen it, but afterwards he said, if he has that disease, how does he know that he has the disease? It just took me out of the whole movie. <laughs> I'll find him. So, um, okay, okay. So the Illuminati, it's an excuse to bring Professor X in there. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, that's what's really going on. Yeah. And they can do a Deadpool movie, and then what's-his-face music man can come out of retirement. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is his face? Who am I thinking of? Hugh Jackman. Huge, huge Ackman. That's right. I like the thing he's doing. The, he is doing the Music Man or like mm-hmm. one of those types of revivals. Yeah, it's a Music Man. Okay, and I like the somebody on Twitter uh, said, uh, "I love how Hugh Jackman he only likes doing Wolverine and big musical theater." Yeah. Nothing. He's, he's <laughs> yeah, not. He's else. not like. It's like when Robert Downey Jr. made like eight Iron Man movies and then went. Uh, I'd like to uh, do a uh, Portland drama mm-hmm. that no one's going to say. No, he's it's just that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and also, Hugh Jackman's one of those guys like John Hamm where he's too good-looking to be a movie star. Yeah, basically. Do you... Yeah, like... Because your default movie star is incredibly handsome. Mm-hmm. But, like, you feel like you can do something. You feel like the Chris's, you can kind of plug them in. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, Pattinson is handsome but looks weird, too. Yeah, same with, like, Killian Murphy. Yeah, exactly. Like, K- Killian Murphy is, like, a beautiful man and also has a skull for a face. Mm-hmm. So, and he's a very good actor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, whereas, like, John Hamm and Hugh Jackman seem like they should be playing a parody of a good-looking guy on an NBC sitcom from the 90s. Which is what John Hamm does. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's why Hugh Jackman, like, of course, did Wolverine a million times. Mm. I think that's why, like, you never think of him in anything else. Even good-ass movies. Like, I love The Prestige, but you're like, oh, yeah, he was in that. Yeah. Yeah. He he was in that. He was in, like, he's in Prisoners. Prisoners is pretty good, right? (laughs) But it doesn't land. Mm-hmm. And then to mention some of his co-stars, like Christian Bale and Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. Beautiful men. 
but they're also like weirdo character actors. Yeah. So and when Jake Gyllenhaal is in a movie, you're like, oh, he he didn't blank when he played this character. Yeah, basically. Uh, he based this character on Balky. <laughs> There's always something where like Hugh Jackman's not a method guy. So it's just like, hi, it's me, your dad, Hugh Jackman. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't work. Just Hugh Jackman stooping under doorways. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't work except when he's playing the famously short Wolverine. <laughs> so I don't know anything. That's the part that I care the least about. That's the most like Spock living in an ice cave thing mm-hmm. that I could do without in this movie. And even the trailer, don't they have Xavier go like, should we tell him? Yeah. Why are you coy all of a sudden? What's with the new dick tease Professor X? <laughs> yeah. Pre- Professor X is a jerk, but he's never been like, oh, all right, I'll unlock Cerebro. If you guess what animal I'm thinking of. <laughs> Smith! Smith! <laughs> yeah. Um, so whatever, it's... I, my assumption is that, like, Sam Raimi made, like, two-thirds of a normal Sam Raimi movie. And Marvel did the end fight. And also, like, some second unit director did the five-minute chunk in the middle of the movie. Mm. Where they need the Illuminati. Because you go back to Age of Ultron. Yeah. I don't like Joss Whedon. I'm not going to stick up for Joss Whedon. The one thing you cannot blame in that, that movie, the one thing you can't blame on Joss Whedon is Thor looking at the other Infinity Stones. Yeah. Right? It's like, look at all these other amazing adventures that lie ahead. How in the middle of an already overstuffed movie that is like a team-up movie that also introduces four new villains, Mm -hmm. and halfway through it, one of your main characters goes, I could use a Schwitz. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And then he hallucinates the next seven movies, and then he flies away into outer space. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it feels like that moment in the, it's the the complete like you know Batman Superman watching the trailers for the other characters singing yeah why why did they do that I don't know I like Batman hatching their bats in case they didn't make another I, I guess so like totally I totally if they had like watched the Wonder Woman trailer because mm-hmm. all throughout the movie you're like Wonder Woman's in this she, she's Wonder Woman Right? Yeah. That's supposed to be one. And like, if he like looked up, like, why is she in photos from 1919? But then we just starts watching, like, huh, the booster gold protocol. What's that? Huh, ambush bug spotted. What's that? <laughs> <laughs> huh, v- very interesting. Huh, a- an angel and an ape. Yes, <laughs> I gotta see. You don't say. <laughs> I wish they were making those movies. Oh my god. The- yeah. Okay. So great. So on that subject, since we're talking about Doctor Strange's multiverse, I guess we could talk about the Schrodinger's movie, uh, Flash Flashpoint. Yeah, Flashpoint. Which uh, it's, uh, the movie is just the Flash, right? I think so. Okay. Yeah, the movie's just the Flash, and uh, we'll probably star Ezra Miller. Uh, he, he, like, it's made. I don't think they could go back and, like, digitally take them out and put in Grant Gustin. I don't think it's going to happen. They have to find somebody with the exact same cheekbones is the problem. <laughs> so the new, uh, the Flash will now be played by Olivia Wilde's head of a young man's body. <laughs> but, yeah, you, 
you have that non-problematic actor in this role. And it's essentially bringing together, prop, again, probably the Grant Gustin version. And since the John Wesley ship is also in the Grant Gustin version, probably that version. So, yeah, you... There, and there's also going to be several Batmans, including Michael <laughs> Keaton. Multiple Batman. And there's the fact that when Flash pulls the tarp off the classic Burton Batmobile, he goes, Whoa, this is so cool! It's like, you have, you have ridden in a more impressive Batmobile, and you can outrun that one too. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you think cars are cool? You can move as fast as light. Yeah, I guess it's purely an aesthetic decision. So wait a minute. He what? What's under the tire? Which one? The Tim Burton one, like the smooth one. Okay, but the Tim Burton Batmobile yeah. is the coolest one. Yeah, that's <clears throat> okay. It goes that one. Then hate to say it, the Schumacher ones are pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, then I don't know. Like I know everybody likes Nolan, and I, I like. I like the Nolan movies. Yeah. I think people have like gotten contrarian about those. I do like them. I don't like the Tumblr. Yeah. Never liked the Tumblr. That was always kind of lazy. Yeah. Um, what they should have done is saved the Tumblr and then just Bane just has one Tumblr. Yeah. And he kind of chases Batman around <laughs> yeah. town and he kind of tears into like a Penelope Pitt stuff. <laughs> um, okay, so. We won't endlessly rehash this because the movie is... When it comes out in five years, we'll probably do an episode about it. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, don't like Ezra Miller. Yeah. Uh, it's the... Uh, it's like the, the meme. Like, he said... Uh, they said... Okay, uh, they beat up a bunch of women. Like, okay, I'll, I, I respect that stuff. They seem like a terrible person. Yeah. They keep getting arrested. Yeah. They are really not that great an actor. <laughs> uh, so if they did just like, just like baby geniuses, a new face <laughs> over them, uh, over them in uh, the movie, then yeah. I'd be totally fine with that. Least favorite thing about the, the Justice League, either version. So, uh, and also, it's they, we talked about like they won't stop making Fantastic Four movies. Mm-hmm. It's like, stop doing the, the Simpsons joke. Like, stop giving me pianos. Yeah. <laughs> like, stop giving me Fantastic Four movies. Yeah. Yeah, they are weirdly intent on giving us flashes. Yeah, I have I have a very good friend who unaccountably does not like Gremlins 2, the new batch. They're the mm-hmm. only mark on their otherwise sterling reputation as a human being. Yeah. And uh, so a, a mutual friend of ours every year gives them a copy of Gremlins to the new batch on VHS. <laughs> like, that's the bit. It is Paul Rudd playing the Mac and Me thing. Yeah. It's, uh, the joke is like, oh, another copy, I'll put it in the pile, and they throw them away or whatever. That's what it feels like when whatever, like, Warner DC rolls up. It's like, oh, another Flash movie. Thunk. <laughs> This belongs to the Smithsonian. Oh, there's the Smithsonian trash. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, we nobody really seems to actually want the Flash movie. Uh, Except for Ezra Miller and their polycule. Yeah. Uh, and did I talk about this on the show, or did I just talk about it with you, how the Flash is a TV character? Has that been in an episode yet? I don't believe so. Okay. If, 
skip ahead, listener, <laughs> singular, uh, if I've covered this before, but the at this point we can just say the Flash is a TV character. Yeah, right. There are characters, there are movie characters and TV characters. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there can be like a weird blend. Yeah, there were some successful Superman movies. At the same time, when like a Superman movie tanked in two thousand six, mm-hmm. they were releasing a hundred and fifty seasons of Smallville. Yeah, a Superman TV show made by a sex cult. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not saying there's not cross pollination, but there's an understanding of like, okay, Spidey is a marquee name. Mm-hmm. Uh, Batman is, Superman is, Wonder Woman is. Yeah, we didn't know if Captain America and Iron Man were, but we made them that. Yeah. Okay. And then there are other characters where, like, why did they give Moon Knight a TV series as opposed, or like a Disney streaming series as opposed to a Marvel movie? Mm-hmm. And people go, uh, or I, people say, I say, like, maybe he's not movie level. Mm-hmm. Even if you like the Moon Knight show and it has Marvel's name on it, it would probably make money. Moon Knight is a D list character. Yeah. Charmingly so, almost. yeah, like like with he wants to beat up Dracula because he's a fucking nerd and take his money. Yeah, and so they're going like, what if we introduce Kamala Khan in a TV show? Yeah, and then she can meet the other Captain Marvel in a movie. Yeah, and that'll be the big thing. You, you know, you could put Scarlet Witch in a movie, but you will not make a Scarlet Witch movie. Yeah, okay. By that logic, we have proven Wonder Woman. Batman, Superman, Aquaman. Yeah. To everyone's surprise, yeah, the the thing that was a joke on Entourage then becomes one of the highest grossing movies ever made. Yeah, yeah, uh, and it is uh, genuinely actually pretty good. Yeah. A very fun movie. <laughs> Julian Andrews plays a crack, and that's all you need to know. Yeah, but but with everything uh, with all of that, it's like maybe the Flash is a TV character. Yeah, I you know why I might think he's a TV character. Because there's been a billion series. Because the Flash TV series has been on for like 10 years yeah. now. And they're, they're not worried about that. If they do Green Lantern, they'll probably just make it an HBO series. Mm-hmm. Nobody is like losing their jobs trying to figure out how to make Green Arrow into a movie. Right. Because they went, oh, we tried it as a series and people really liked it. Yeah. And it went on forever and it made some money. And now people think of it as Green Arrow, the successful TV series, as opposed to Green Arrow, the failed movie stuck in development hell. Yeah. I think because, much like the Fantastic Four, The Flash is the the first Silver Age mm-hmm. DC hero, he seems like an A-lister. Yeah. I get why he's in the Justice League movie, but, but when the time comes to actually make a movie out of him, I don't actually think people want that. Yeah. You you have been fine as a TV series. If you could just whip this up over the weekend, okay. But since you can't, since this is a Gilliam-esque production, <laughs> yes. just getting this fucking thing out there, why? And when it does come out, it's going to be one of those things that's there, there, just take it. Like, yeah. there, there's not going to be fanfare surrounding this thing. Yeah, no, absolutely. It, like, the F- the Flash movie getting released feels like a gay man having sex with a woman for a green card. 
okay. It's like, <laughs> okay, like, the marriage is annulled if we don't do this. <laughs> Basically. Yeah, I'm not sure that's how the law actually works, <laughs> but... Um, and it's at this point where... And I, I don't know, like, what people are looking forward to. I don't think people are actually looking forward to DC movies at this point. Mm. I'm sad to say. Uh, but so maybe the Aquaman one. But the whole point of the Flash movie is that he's going to open up portals and, like, meet Michael Keaton. And it's going to explain how, like, the Schumacher movies and the Nolan movies also happened just in a different universe than the... Yeah. The Snyder, and I'm like, yeah, I, I know. Yeah. You don't I, need to make a movie about that. I know that happened. Yeah. You, you, know, you know when... Uh, Batman vs. Superman came out and uh, Christian Bale wasn't in it. Mm -hmm. I figured it was a different Batman. Yeah. Uh, if there had been a thing uh, where Jeremy Irons came in and went, do you remember when you used to look like Christian Bale and I used to look like Michael Caine? I'd go, oh, oh, it, uh, it's the same series but they recast. Mm -hmm. But they didn't. So I just went like, oh, this is simply a different adventure of Batman. The character who literally has more stories about him than any fictional character in human history. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I don't get it. And also, and, and that's the other thing. I, I'm, you have a Flash movie. Mm -hmm. And it starts with the portal crossovers. Yeah. Doesn't that seem like something you'd get around to in the third or fourth movie? Yeah. Right? You do a Flash movie... And he would fight some bad guys. Because Flash, famously, is the only DC character besides Batman that actually has a pretty decent rogues gallery. Yeah. One of the... It's like Spidey's rogues gallery. They're just fun. Yeah. And so... Very, very much so. And any normal... Look at Gorilla Grodd for Christ's yeah. sake. Any normal person... Gorilla Grodd bursting in to kill Obama. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Greatest scene ever. Yes. <laughs> so fucking weird. But the, by the way, I joke, but that's what those shows are yeah. like. It's not for me, but whenever it's like, oh, and like the new episode of like Legends of Tomorrow, it's an anime. Yeah. I'm like, cool. It's just like community bit with superheroes. Yeah. They're the most comic booky comic book shows. Yeah. And so they're just like dumb as shit. It's like, what, what if Gorilla Grodd turned everybody into a gorilla? Well, I'm glad you're doing this. <laughs> yeah, it's it's genuinely a departure from, like, the early days of comic book TV shows, where this really is just, put them in their costumes, have them use every power, bring in every character, like, let's have fun. Yeah, and then it's fine, because meanwhile, they're also developing, like, an HBO series where Colin Farrell Penguin runs a rape factory. <laughs> like, you, you, yeah, it's good to have both of those. There's a reason they have kids' menus and adult <laughs> menus in yes. restaurants. Uh, I got to have my chicken tenders. <laughs> so, uh, anyways, it seems like you could do a pretty decent Flash movie or two where he just like fights Mirror Master <laughs> or Captain Cold or some shit. Mm -hmm. But it's like, oh, we, we already did that on the TV show. Well, then why are you doing this? <laughs> yeah. Oh, we don't want to... It would get confusing if we had two... Two Captain Colds and two Tricksters. Then don't do it! <laughs> it would be weird if a new James Bond started hanging out with the old Daniel Craig James Bond. Then don't do that! <laughs> Finish that one! Yes, do it! Exactly. Uh, 
So, yeah, very much so. So they're just starting with the portal movie. This thing, nobody cares. Nobody wants this. It's already confusing. It's like the... As speaking as somebody who's a fan of uh, Joel Hodson, mm-hmm. love Joel to bits. I trust Joel implicitly. Joel is notorious for being the guy who comes up with solutions to problems that don't exist. Yes. You know, which is why, like, MST is so complicated. He did, like, the TV wheel, which is fascinating, but you're like, well, the problem with TV is that some things were in the foreground and some things were in the background. Yeah. Like, wait, and what? He also what? Did, <laughs> and he also did the Xbox, which is just the TV wheel, but in another shape. Yeah. And, like, it's fine because it lets him, like, play around with his... The, the, and, like I say, I love Joel, the only funny prop comic. Yeah. Cool. This feels like that. What, any, anytime somebody goes, like, how can we explain how the old Professor X met the young Professor X? How can we explain Wolverine being in an MCU movie? And just any normal person goes, oh, he, uh, he gets a cab and shows up at yeah. uh, Tony Stark's house. Yeah. But no, it, it, it's like you're coming up with... And that's getting to our thesis with this episode. That's why I don't like the multiverse. It is a solution to a problem that does not exist. Yeah. And the only reason it's a problem is because it, they used to do like continuity patches, right? Mm-hmm. In order to like pave over stuff. Yeah. Oh, that, that never actually happened. Or that, that was like an imperfect narrator remembered Starro being like that. Yeah. It was, it was basically like if something was... They only did this if something was really bad. Yeah. Like X-Men Origins Wolverine or The Last Stand where it's like, now we need to get this shit out of here. Yeah, well, but it's interesting you say that because they're not getting rid of that stuff. And so, like you would always have an explanation. So like uh, the Miracle Man thing, like it was a dream. Mm-hmm. Okay, like Winter, uh, Winter Soldier reading old Bucky adventures going like, oh, this is bullshit. It was propaganda. Yeah. The old comics were propaganda put out by... I don't care. It doesn't keep me up at night, but if you have to come up with an explanation, that's a clever one, I guess. Yeah, like in Logan, how Lore reads X-Men comics. Yeah, you're, you're like, fine. The problem is we've hit the point where everybody has turned into Roy Thomas. Yeah. So all the stories have to count. It used to be like a normal person could just enjoy a story... And then somebody who worried too much about this stuff would try and figure out what stories count and which ones don't. Yeah. So, like, okay, well, uh, the Star Wars prequels do count, but the Ewok adventure doesn't count. Mm-hmm. And, like, you, and you'd spend too much time worrying about, like, did or didn't happen in the universe of made-up stories. We have now hit the point where, like, even that is too normal Mm-hmm. So now we have to be like, like next level autistic about it, where it's like, no, all the stories happen. X Men Origins Wolverine did happen. It has to have happened because what if I want to use something from it? What if I want to bring yeah. Wraith back? Yeah. What if I want to have Blob show up and then like four people in the theater can go, oh my God, they got the same guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, we have to have had the last stab happen. Because what if I want to do a movie where the Fonka Jansen Phoenix meets the Sophie Turner Phoenix? Yeah. I got to leave my options out there, right? (laughs) 
And so, yeah, so every movie studio is now like the West Elm Caleb. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and date 17 people at once, just in case one of them falls through. <laughs> so every Marvel movie and every Star Trek movie now is just a sitcom character going on three hot dates in one <laughs> night to hope that one thing lasts. Everyone is Dobie Gillis. Yeah. And again, I feel like the only time that even kind of worked, the the Arrowverse that we were just talking about, they did Crisis on Infinite Earths, right? Yeah. I didn't watch it. I don't care about it. It's not my thing. That seems like where you could do that, though. Yeah, like, it's fun to open that yeah. whole story with the Birds of Prey Huntress. Like, oh, that's neat. Yeah. Just to do, like, like if ever you were going to... You don't want to, like, waste time. You don't want to buy a ticket to this. Mm. But if you're doing, like, a goofy TV series where there's, like, six shows at once, and they each have 20 episodes that season, and you're like, what if a portal opens and the Shaquille O'Neal steel steps up? Yeah. It's like, good, that's that's the place for it, man. What, what if there's, like, a retired Batman played by Kevin Conroy? Put that in a TV show. That does not need to be act 2.5 of a four-hour movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the, the multiverse, it's a terrible idea. And I part of me goes like, this will be what kills superhero movies. I don't actually think it will. I think on the contrary, I think people love this shit. I I'm too normal, I guess. I don't think I'm normal. I think I'm a basket case. <laughs> But apparently I'm normal compared to, like, people who watch these. (laughs) Because I watch movies and I'm just like, oh, cool, that thing happened. Oh, uh, okay, there's some Mad Maxes. It doesn't matter what order. You start with the first one and watch them. Whichever one you're in the mood for. Yeah. I thought that this would be, like, off-putting and, like, kind of sync franchises. No, this is what people like. Mm -hmm. People love the fact that there are, like, three Captain Marvels. Yeah. People love that. Hey, you remember those Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movies I hate? (laughs) Well, I like them now. And I'm glad he got a send-off. They should make more of those. Yeah. Yeah. People reconsidering stuff of like, yeah. Oh, I actually like this. Oh, absolutely. Like the new uh, Obi-Wan series that premieres in a week. It's like, mm-hmm. well, young Obi-Wan and Darth Maul, your favorite characters from the beloved Star Wars prequels. And also Hayden Christensen as Anakin. Yeah. It's like, we all we know the universally adored characters that we spent decades reveling in. They're back. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't care. Good. I love, I don't love him, but like, I wish Hayden Christensen the best. Yeah. I'm glad your life didn't get ruined by Star Wars, but you're like... Wait, are we... We're all pretending that we like the prequels now? And so that, that's what it is. It's like we, we have to have all of our options open all the time. Oops, I forgot to tell a story. <laughs> yeah, just the Mallard film. Or, oops, I forgot to tell a joke. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, the, the multiverse... Uh, to me, that's what made comics unreadable. Mm-hmm. When they used to do, like, a crisis once every 50 years, and then it became once every 50 months. Yeah. And whatever, I 
was an age where I was kind of done with this stuff anyways. But it's certain, like, when I was, like, 13, and I was like, uh, Spidey's not fun, and I, you know, I should be reading, like, Poison Elves <laughs> and Gold Digger instead of Marvel comics. And how do I jump off the Spidey train, though? Uh, he beat his wife, and now another guy who's not Peter Parker is wearing a hoodie, and he's the new Spider-Man. Perfect. I was like, that'll do nicely. That'll do. <laughs> just, literally just walking out of that thing on the IT crowd, and Chris Morris walking out the window. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, where's I want to stop buying Spidey comics, but where's a good place to stop? We're relaunching them all with number ones. Perfect. I bought literally the last issue. What a happy coincidence. Yes. So, he's Dr. Octopus now. Perfect. Bye. <laughs> um, yeah, the, the perfect way to stop reading comics. And then, by the way, jump ahead 20 years, and now Ben O'Reilly is in the Spidey comics. So yeah, they bring him back, and he's the new jackal. It's like you—you you remember people loved the clone saga, <laughs> and people loved the jackal. Yeah. So yeah, it's uh, it's people love it, and it will make movie studios money and whatever. For me, I'm like, wow, thank God there was like a, a scary year or two there where they were just doing like fun movies about like people in space. Yeah. Thank God I have to have like a, a master's degree to to figure out which invisible woman I'm talking <laughs> to right now. And last but not least, before we bury this shit, I don't like John Kaczynski. Yeah, yeah, I just that. don't care for him. <laughs> they could have gotten anybody else to be Mister Fan. Get the kid from Whiplash to come back. <laughs> Miles Teller. I don't get. Dude, like, when they when it was a real light, and by the way, John Kaczynski will be the new Mr. Fantastic. That's the first time in my life I've ever went, oh, uh, was Ian Griffith too busy to reprise the role? Because <laughs> there are, there are people who I think I like, and then I end up not, like Chris Pratt. Yeah. There are people who I feel like I shouldn't like, but I do. Mm -hmm. Paul Rudd seems like somebody I wouldn't like. Yeah. He's a handsome little dork who does, like, fundraiser videos for the Democrats. <laughs> Which, don't get me wrong, but I'm on the other side. Yeah. But I'm like, I, I don't need, like, the cast of Hamilton to tell me to vote for Biden. <laughs> you know? Um, if I do, I do. It's like, because, <laughs> yeah. I did it because I wanted to, not because you told me to. <laughs> Fucking viral video on Jimmy Fallon. Okay, we have Paul Rudd's doing that. He's playing, like, Ant-Man. He does, like, Apatow movies. And, like, I should hate Paul Rudd, right? And then any time I watch him, I'm like... Yeah, you watch... This they, guy. You watch They Came Together, and it's like, no, I love this man. <laughs> yeah. Anytime you let Paul Rudd just be Paul Rudd, I'm like, yeah, I actually like Paul Rudd. Because <laughs> yeah. like, in the nether realm, where, like, the guy who I didn't like... 20 years ago on The Office. <laughs> when did The Office come on? Like the 70s? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, the guy I didn't like from The Office, who I like less now, <laughs> now that he's doing like CIA shows and like he and his wife are doing like the true story about the heroic first Pinkerton detective. <laughs> I'm like, fuck this guy in real life. Fuck him in movies. Like, oh yeah, the Ezra Miller thing. Like, 
I don't think I'd like them in real life, but on the plus side, they're also not very good at their job. <laughs> yeah. It's not like, fuck, but Mel Gibson made Apocalypto and was in Mad Max. So <laughs> I had to square that circle. It's like, I'll save you some time and just suck. <laughs> yeah. So great. Uh, so yeah, that's the superhero show. Mm -hmm. uh, are you going to see everything everywhere all at once? I think so, yeah. Yeah? Well, in that case, I won't spoil much of anything about it, but uh, you know it's a multiverse story. Yeah. And it's kind of famous. Yeah. It is. I, what I know about it is the multiverse story has Michelle Yeoh and James Hong, and there's something involving googly eyes. Yeah, the googly eyes end up becoming a recurring motif, and I feel like I've mentioned everything everywhere all at once. Like in passing on the last five episodes, mm -hmm. and I, I won't like dive into it now because we've been going for a minute because you're gonna yeah. watch it, so I won't give away plot stuff. But yeah, it's it's probably not blowing your mind to say like it starts with Michelle Yeoh is in real life not living her best life, mm -hmm. and then when the multiverse becomes like element in the story it starts to address that like is there a better you out there somewhere did you could you live up to your potential it's maybe a more thoughtful version like a thoughtful take on the multiverse uh, yeah. yeah on the idea and, and that's and this again i won't say this in plot purposes but the concept is introduced like what if you had done this other thing in another life Mm -hmm. What if instead of opening a not terribly successful laundromat, what if you had become an opera singer? Yeah. What if you had studied martial arts? Mm -hmm. And that aspect of it is the one part I really liked. Uh, no, I, I, that's not accurate. I really liked a lot of things about the movie. But that's the thing I liked the most. Yeah, I liked in particular. That's No, what, what I need to say is that is the one use of the multiverse I have ever liked. Mm -hmm. because I, I'll speak for myself but I think a lot of people feel this way you feel like you haven't done enough yeah it's, you try very hard yeah you do what you can but you think I could be doing more and I, that bugs you you could be doing more and you always think like what if I had done this yeah no, like nobody wants to put in the time it's always easier to just go hang out with your friends or whatever. And it's the only time I'm ever going to quote John Lennon positively. <laughs> yeah. But I do like the John Lennon quote where he said, uh, uh, any time that you enjoyed wasting time was not wasted time. That's neat. Yeah, and it's true. It's, it's like, oh, I wish I hadn't, uh, you know, eaten so much fondue in my life. Wait, no, I don't. Doesn't yeah. like, that's the only thing. I, I wish I had crammed more of that in my life. Yeah. Um, like, didn't you have fun getting high with your friends and watching anime? Yeah. Yeah, th that was neat. Yeah, like, li literally just, like, in-jokes where you are rolling on the floor laughing at something that you couldn't even explain to somebody the next morning. If that's not time well used, then what is? Yeah. Whatever. But... You always want to go back. Mm -hmm. You always like if I had ah if I had done this if I had studied this if I if I had saved that penny in medieval times mm -hmm. I could have Xanatos's fortune now. Yeah, 
Um, and fittingly, with uh, you know, since it is a movie about you know, Chinese American uh, couple and their family, mm-hmm. uh, there is the saying which is attributed to supposedly a Chinese proverb: uh, "The best time to plant a tree is twenty years ago; mm-hmm. the second best time is today." Yeah, yeah, which is has now been co-opted as. The best time to delete this tweet was immediately. The second best time is now. Um, and so the movie runs with that idea. What if there was a universe where you did practice the cello? Mm-hmm. What if there was a universe where you did get that marine biology degree? Yeah. And then, not it does. thank God it doesn't have characters like meeting themselves, which I, I don't like that. <laughs> I think that would have taken me out of the movie. But that becomes an element like the you in another universe has a talent which could have bearings somewhere else in the multiverse. So there's not a scene where a bunch of Michelle Yeohs and James Hongs meet each other? No, thankfully. <laughs> what do you mean, thankfully? That sounds like the best movie ever. No, just more of them. You, you say that, but think of every movie where a martial artist fought themselves. Oh, God, yeah. Right? No. You get to see what the other James Hongs and Michelle Goes are up to, mm-hmm. uh, which is cool enough. And the movie, it's one of those movies where, like, if you didn't already know going into it, you would know coming out. That was a music video director, right? Yeah. Yeah. It absolutely has that, like... <laughs> it's yeah. like Michelle Gondry, like, yeah, this guy did music videos. Yeah. In the same way, every Michel Gondry movie is a gorgeous-looking, incredibly high-concept movie that I kind don't of actually like that much and don't remember that much about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm hoping that this uh, does not reach the same fate, but uh, that's the blessing and the curse, because when the movie wants to, it can look like a million bucks. Right? A billion bucks. Yeah. I always do that. Um like, guess what? When the fight scenes kick in, it turns out Michelle Yeoh is actually really good at doing action sequences. <laughs> yeah, who would have thought? <laughs> right? Nothing uh, has, nothing leading up to this point has ever indicated to us that she's a good martial artist. Yeah. So it, it just really, kept it in her back pocket the whole time. And so I feel like it really makes use of that and purely as a star vehicle for two of the greatest entertainers in the world. Mm-hmm. So James Hong is in there being amazing. Yeah. But it really is Michelle Yeoh's movie. Uh, and also, I'm not going to spoil it for you, but once you find out who plays her husband, you're going to be pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Is that Kakihara? No, I'm not, I'm not going to spoil it for you. And you probably won't recognize him, but when you find out who it is, you're going to be pleasantly surprised. Okay. Okay. But Michelle Yeoh in this, it's not, I know Michelle Yeoh can fight. Because I've seen Michelle Yeoh in movies, but it really runs home. Like, all right, Michelle Yeoh can act. Yeah, like, Crouching Tiger breaks my heart when yeah. I watch it. Michelle Yeoh is funny. Yeah. <laughs> People forget that too. Like, she was just like she's the female Jackie Chan. It didn't just mean she could do stunts. It meant she has amazing comedic timing. Yeah, like, she's really funny. Uh, and so everything, everywhere, all at once. It has like the highest rating on Letterbox. Dot com, which who gives a yeah. shit? <laughs> that means nothing. That's, I, I agree with the people who are like, I was really psyched about the movie until I saw how good the reviews were. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, but no, it actually, I, I definitely recommend seeing it. It's apparently A24's highest grossing movie ever. Mm-hmm. It beat out Uncut Gems, which, in a pinch, I gotta say, I liked Uncut Gems better. But that's because it's, Uncut Gems, I liked it better. Yeah. I'm not saying everybody would like it better. Um, and uh, I, not to get too into plot specifics and stuff and anything that would spoil it for you or anybody who might be listening and hasn't seen it yet, but it felt genuinely refreshing, genuinely creative, uh, and, and just nice to see a movie anchored on you know, Michelle Yeoh as opposed to like a third-rate Chris. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and the fact that it's not a franchise or anything, I'm yeah. kind of down for that. Um, so, in all those senses, uh, I was really pleased. Um, the thing I didn't like about it, and it, this is like the thing that makes me like the movie rather than love it, is that it does feel too silly. Mm-hmm. It feels like it's trying too hard, and like. I won't give away specific jokes, but there's... You've probably seen it in the trailers. There's, like, yeah. a universe where everybody has hot dog fingers. Yeah. Like, big, funny fingers. Mm-hmm. And that's actually in the movie. And they go back to it. Yeah. Kind of a lot. Like, yeah. more than you would think. Not just think. once. Yeah. Um, and all the movie is, frankly, it's, it's, like, two and a half hours. It's too long. Like, this this movie could have been two hours and probably benefited from it. That's maybe the thing that holds it back a little bit for me is because it's, to quote the, the uh, Homer's uh, college roommate, why does it always have to be zany? Yeah. And there's a lot of that. So, like, there are characters who activate, like, multiverse powers by doing something unexpected. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I'm down for that, because that's a very Douglas Adams idea. Like, yeah. how does the spaceship work? By doing the most unpredictable thing. Okay, that, that's actually, like, kind of a fun idea. Like, how, how do you, like, break the multiverse? By doing the last thing anyone would expect you to do right now. What that means in the movie is that it's like, I need to use my multiverse power. I'm going to start to yodel. I'm going to use my multiverse power. Uh, I'm going to pull my pants down. Mm-hmm. And they're, again, like, I get what they're going for, but after two hours of that, you're like, it's the movie's just TikTok challenges. Yeah. So that's the whole point, like, uh, I have to activate my multiverse powers. I'm going to eat too much cinnamon. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, I, I this, this is like an idea that sounded funny, but in execution, like, becomes exhausting. Yeah. Yeah. Not that it's exhausting in the literal sense. Not that it sucks as an idea. But by the third time, you're like, uh, you're not going to keep doing it the whole movie, are you? Don't worry. We only do it seven more times. It's not something like, I need to do the last thing I would ever do. I'm going to shoot one of my loved ones and, like, the bullet stops in front of their face and, like, rips yeah, up the which hole. Yeah, would be ornate, I suppose. <laughs> but, so, yeah, it's like, tell your worst enemy I love you. There's places where it's, like, used for genuinely funny effect. But then there's also places in the movie where it's like, what if I put something up my bum bum? Mm -hmm. Are you laughing yet? And like, and for a movie that has actual jokes. Yeah. I get, maybe that's why it bugs me. Like, 
when, when a shitty movie has like, well, that happened, you're like, well, that's, they don't know any better. To them, that's what a joke looks like. When you have an actual good movie with acting like funny people like Paul Rudd and Michelle Yeoh, mm-hmm. and they, there's like some actual good jokes, but then they also do like the love, love, they fly now. Like, it, it hurts more because you're like, I know that you could. Yeah. I've heard you tell a good joke. So it hurts to see you tell a bad joke. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's the same reason, like, it, it sucks to see, like, Dave Chappelle do, like, an hour and a half of trans jokes, because you're like, I don't think that, like, Ricky Gervais is better than this. I know that you're better than this. Yeah. That's why it bums me out that you won't put a fucking sock in it. <laughs> so I, I know that you can do better than this, and you're choosing not to. Mm-hmm. That's why this sucks. So Meanwhile, when Bill Maher does it, it's like, oh, that sucked. It was also maybe the funniest thing he's ever said, tied with every other unfunny thing he's ever said. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, th- that's the one thing I wish they'd change, where it's like, it doesn't have to be Captain Wacky. It doesn't have to be like, oh, boy, wait till you see the memes on this one. Mm-hmm. Like you, you have, like, 90% of a good-ass movie here. You don't also have to, like... Here's like a delicious steak dinner and a cupcake shaped like Cookie Monster. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is why I did really enjoy it, but uh, a couple weeks later I saw The Northman and I liked that even more. Because <laughs> the, the least ironic movie you will ever fucking watch. Yeah, a movie that is batshit but also takes itself as seriously as a heart attack. No, and that's why it's like the first, the Conan movies. Yeah, Conan the Destroyer sucks because it tries to be funny. Because it has a silly thief who can't keep his hands to himself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then Conan the Destroyer rules because it is the goofiest stuff. It has James Earl Jones turning into a snake. Yeah. And also he's a better villain than Darth Vader. And you completely buy it. Yeah. It has a bunch of cartoons attacking Arnold Schwarzenegger. And you buy it because they look so awesome. <laughs> yeah. Like... That is what, like, the Northmen, Conan, most movies that people actually like from the 80s, that's why they like them, because it's like, here is the goofiest shit imaginable done in the coolest way you've ever seen. Yeah. And I think that's, that might be the code these days, it's, here's the coolest shit imaginable done in the goofiest way possible, and you're Mm -hmm. like, could it just be cool? Yeah. Mad Max doesn't have to be silly. He can just be awesome. Yeah. Um, and uh, that doesn't mean humorless. Mm-hmm. You know, like, the thing is fucking funny. Because, <laughs> yeah. And, and, like, okay, the Kurt Russell hat and the thing. Yeah. It's really fucking funny. Do you know what makes it really funny? They don't talk about At it. At no point does somebody go, like, Where'd you get such a big hat? He's just—it's just a serious ass movie with, with a the, giant fucking with hat. that hat. In it. Whereas if somebody said it, you'd go like, "Oh, well, then it's not funny because you put the hat in there just because the character could mention it." So you're just dunking on yourself. So it's not even a joke. Yeah. Where, but it's played normally, so it's just like a weird choice the movie made, and then you and the audience, thirty years later, are going like, "Did they know? Did?" Did Russell bring the hat? 
was did John Carpenter like put it on him as a joke? But they, it was the only <laughs> tape that turned out well. Like and like that stays with you till your grave. Whereas going like that's a dumb shirt. I'm not wearing yellow spandex. Like, mm-hmm. like oh, oh good like great comeback and it was to your own question. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, it's Doctor Strange, Flash, everything everywhere all at once. I liked it, recommend it, go see it. I would even rather take like a flawed version of this over like a good version good uh, of what most of what's coming out these days. But for me, it's like a three and a half star movie and that's where like the half star went. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it is original, it is cool. And you remember when Free Guy came out? Yeah. And people said, well, you should support Free Guy because it's an original property. No, it isn't. And you're like, fuck you. Like, I get that it's not literally based on the killing joke or something. Yeah. It's like, well, good news. Uh, Deadpool is going to be hanging out with the guy that directed Thor uh, in uh, Fortnite. And they're going to be using Star Wars and Marvel props. Yeah. And then the Star Wars and Marvel characters will go, hey, that's mine, Buster, and steal it back from them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, like, so, so original. It's original. The uh, how'd you come up with that? <laughs> it's original the same way that Ready Player One is original. Yeah, no, exactly. Where like, yeah, Sorrento and Wade were created by Ernest Klein, but like every other character. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I gotta agree with like the We Hate Movies guys. Like, I don't like Ready Player One, and it deserved all the shit that it got. But three years later, when Free Guy and Space Jam 2 come out, you're like, man, remember when Ready Player One came up with the Oasis? God, I wish we still had that kind of creativity pumping through our veins. Yeah, at least there's a reason for all these characters to come together. Oh, it wasn't just they they both met together while uh, doing the floss dance? Yeah. Well, it turns out that... uh, Bugs Bunny was dabbing in one direction, and Roger Rabbit was dabbing in the other direction, and they bogged heads and switched universes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This, uh, this reminds me of a movie that I saw yesterday that also deals with kind of a shared universe, and that movie is Chip and Dale's Rescue Rangers. And uh, one of the things that... It, it, of course, it's... Dale! <laughs> We have to stop Fat Cat. <laughs> if Professor Nibnall gets this right, he's gonna blow up the world. <laughs> yeah, it just... It, it basically feels like if the Lonely Island had to write a kid's movie. Really? That, that's honestly what it feels okay, like. Okay, so is it any good? Just tell me. Would I, would I like it or not? No. Okay. But that's what it feels like. like. For better or worse, just... If you made them write a kid's movie... And it's very distracting, the fact that they're Andy Sandberg and John Mulaney. <laughs> I just expected them to be, Hey, Dale, my doink fell off. Oh, no, not your doink. Now I'm going to have to find it. <laughs> oh, no. The rescue rangers are on the case. Let's find that doink. <laughs> and Maybe my wife, Olivia Munn, has Dale's doink. <laughs> or my dad. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is... The, the weirdest part for me was uh, the fact that one of the characters is Ugly Sonic, like the one with the weird teeth. 
and he's voiced by Tim Robinson. So, okay. and yeah. there there are occasions where he yells, where you can hear the Tim Robinson. So I just expected there to be a scene where everyone's like Sonic crashes through a window, or Sonic crashes through a wall, and everyone's looking at him, and he goes, "Why are we even talking about I?" There are so many other guys that are as fast as me. And start stealing yeah, like, everything. You going, guys, you guys, we have Tails. We have Knuckle. We have Shadow, for God's sake. You Why guys, are we doing this? You guys keep looking up pictures of me pregnant on a red tube. And you porn. <laughs> He's just stealing rings. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, this is so fucking tired. They <laughs> needing a chili dog? <laughs> yeah, just a chili dog. <laughs> Okay, people keep falling out of caskets, <laughs> and then the rings pop out of them when they hit the ground. You, you saw you saw Dr. Eggman's shit blow up. You thought it was great. Guess what? I didn't rake shit. I didn't fucking rake shit. <laughs> Knuckles comes out and smashes a contestant's laptop. Yeah. You had all summer to figure this out. What's your deal? Do you sound like Idris Elba or <laughs> Don't talk! Don't! Don't put the teeth in. It looks fake when he talks. <laughs> this should just be the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. endlessly redoing. Uh, I think you should leave sketches, but with Nintendo and <laughs> Sega characters. Yeah. Okay, that's join us next time for that. <laughs> um, I tell you, the, the Rescue Rangers thing sounds like the most the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh <laughs> away movie I've ever encountered. And this, because, like, everything I hear about the movie is just Homer buying the haunted doll. Yeah. It's like, well, uh, it's uh, the Lonely Island's uh, first uh, full film project since Popstar. That's good. Uh, but it's an adaption of uh, Chip and Dale's Rescue Rangers. Oh. that That's bad. But it, it has uh, John Mulaney in it. That's good. As Chip. Oh, that, that that's bad. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's the whole thing. It's just like, what if we got so many people that you liked mm-hmm. and then had them do your least favorite thing? It would be like if the Mighty Boosh got back together for mm-hmm. a reunion project. Yeah. And the reunion project was Space Jam 3. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I will give the movie this. There are a lot of old characters, like, from old stuff. But uh, to their credit, they get the original people. <laughs> like Roger Rabbit is Charles Fleischer, Gadget is Tress McNeil. It's it's weird. Like there's Jeff Bennett is in there. Well, good. Just but I did like uh, I I was talking to a friend over the weekend, and they were actually wanting to see the movie, but their sticking point was um, that they changed the voices. It's like, I don't want to hear John Mulaney and Andy Samberg. Like, I want the voices from the, the cartoon. Which, if it were any other property... Yeah, and this is like Freakazoid. Like, it's not Freakazoid without Paul Rugg. We need him. No, like, I totally get when people do that. Like, when they uh, were... They decided they were going to release uh, the Cowboy Bebop movie stateside. And immediately yeah. everybody went like, you're using the, the TV cast, right? Yeah. Okay, we're good then. I can't wait. Thank they you. have to change their names, but yes. Yeah, like, yeah. Suddenly, oh no, this is a Steve Bloom, not Dave Lucas. 
that, that crude imposter. No, I'm John Billingsley. Uh, Bo Billingsley is my brother, who sounds like <laughs> uh, uh, I do like how you, if you watch Cowboy Bebop in chronological order, with like the movie plunked in mm-hmm. right for the last four episodes, you get to hear uh, what Darren Norris voice Andy the Cowboy. And then Vincent back to back. <laughs> That's interesting, yeah. right? Um, but but anyways, uh, yeah. Any other property, I get why people are like, look, if you don't do Futurama without getting like John DiMaggio as Bender, mm-hmm. like, hey, Joe Alaski was still alive when you made this. You could have cast him as Daffy Duck. Or yeah, I agree with that ninety nine percent of the time. The one time I don't care is when it's chipmunk voices. Yeah. When it's just like, I like John Mulaney and Andy Samberg a great deal, but get that shit out of here. Bring me Tress McNeil with her voice artificially sped up. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not like, I would be so into chip wrecked, but God damn it, that had better be Ross Bagdasarian Jr.'s <laughs> unrecognizable voice. <laughs> Three times. We are going to have some problems if that's not his wife voicing four of the characters. <laughs> yeah, so every time I'm like, it's the Lonely Island. It's like, Gumby. I, I better fucking hear Art Cloakie. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I like the Lonely Island. I, I would welcome something like a spiritual successor to Roger Rabbit. Uh, true, like, more and more, just looks like one of the most amazing movies ever because it's like a non-recurring phenomenon. Every time I'm like, would I? It's well reviewed. Would I like it as a postmodern? I see like three seconds of fat old Peter Pan. Yeah. Or a kitty cat doing the Jurassic Park roar. I'm mm-hmm. like, nah, I'm good. I don't need meme the movie. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, well, maybe we'll close on this, but the, this thing of like endlessly bringing in these properties. You remember the Glup Shitto joke? The what? Glup Shitto. Not really. It's become like, like a deservedly became what like entered the internet lexicon because somebody said uh, every single time there's some new boring Star Wars movie, you're guaranteed to have an article saying, oh, Glup Shitto makes the jump from a novel to film. Yeah. What will his role be in the new movie? And yeah. it's, it's one of those perfect, it's like a drill tweet. It's mm-hmm. like exquisite. Glup Shitto. Yeah. I, I could not do better. Like, what is, like, insulting but still sounds exactly like a Star Wars name, but also doesn't sound like too much time went into it? Yeah. Glup Shitto. Yeah. That's perfect. So I love it. It's, it's become, like, a recurring joke. And somebody pointed out, like, Glup Shitto is really funny, but you know that within seven years... There's going to be a Star Wars movie or show where they bring out an alien named Glup Shitto. Yeah. Because it's going to be the it's going to be the filmmakers and the studio going, "Uh, uh we heard you. We're here." Or even even yeah. like farther down along the way, you'll have a filmmaker that's like, "I grew up on the internet. Like Glup Shitto was Yeah. I mean, you know, the older internet generation had Homestar Runner. I had Glup Shitto. Yeah. So I, I just wanted to put him in the movie. I used to write my Rick and Glup Shitto slash fic. Yeah. Yeah. No, so that's where it lies. And again, what prompted all this was the 
Lorcock multiverse, which is is weird since he created it. Uh, nobody's talking about him, so it's like the Chaos Star. Yeah, like this thing he came up with, which is the backbone for like three or four billion dollar properties. Mm-hmm. And if you mention like you know who created the multiverse, they go like, you know, it was uh, Stephen Hawking, right? Yeah, <laughs> sounds like his dumb bleep bloop bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, it was just thrown in as a conceptual thing, but as I mentioned in the Elric episode, I don't even really like it when he does it. Mm-hmm. Uh, for precisely those reasons, it makes things feel smaller, it makes them feel more compact. Yeah. It makes it so, instead of coming up with a hundred cool villains, I'll have the villain with one villain with a thousand faces. Mm-hmm. And again, it feels like something that overtook him eventually, because initially, it's just there as an idea. Yeah. And then he starts to bring in some other characters, and it's like, oh, like it, it kind of works. It's oh, like Elric met Corum. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool, fun. It's like having you know the Green Hornet meet Batman once. Yeah. It's like it just feels like a normal crossover, and you're like, what if uh, what if Ariok was like Elric's patron, but uh, Corum's enemy? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, cool. Like these are all fun ideas, but the more you do it, the more it becomes everything. It stops being a fun toy, like one arrow in your quiver, and yeah. it becomes the quiver. Yeah. And suddenly it becomes, where do these stories fit into the multiverse? The story I'm telling, the only important story. Mm-hmm. And eventually, I think uh, somebody, either he described it or uh, John Clute described it as that. He's written a hundred books, but it's all one story. Which is meant to be like, sounds like mythical. Mm-hmm. But still I'm like... I'd really rather it was a hundred stories because I, I think you get your money's worth. Yeah. Of that. Yeah. And so it just becomes one of those things like the, you know, the Wald Newton, like what if all, what if all stories were real and mm-hmm. you know, all the characters hung out? Like, yeah, but like not just that. Eventually I want them to go have their own good stories again too. Yeah. It's why Anno Dracula works. Cause it's like, okay, we've got these, you know, characters that, we made up, but also in addition to, Blackula and Mr. Hyde are going to show up. Yeah, so it's like, exactly, uh, Kim Newman's better at that than anybody, like even Alan Moore, writing a story that is genuinely good on its own terms, and also the detective in it is uh, the bad guy from Blood Simple. Yeah, yeah. and the other detective is... Lemmy Caution from Alphaville. Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah, no, just... just exa- And, like, it's there. If you get the reference, you get the reference. If not, it's still a cool-ass story. Like, uh, so... Th- the point where, like, the exercise, where the framework starts to overtake, like, the creativity and the narrative and the characters. Yeah. Like, I am more than happy just having, like, a story where a samurai comes to a town and gets into trouble. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have to be all samurais and yeah. then meet himself from other dimensions. Mm-hmm. If you have a fun spin on that, which I think everything, everywhere, all at once did, um, then go for it. If you don't have an idea, don't force it. <laughs> don't yeah. fake it. So yeah, multiverses, uh, I'm just as happy without them, but it, I guess we're doing that now for the time being. And like what you said about the, the samurai ma- samurai thing made me think of like how a little of this can work. Like like you've been saying, like mm-hmm. 
in Samurai Jack, he's inspired because he met Ogami and Daigoro Ito from Lone Wolf and Cub. Yeah, but that's that's just like a like a cameo. That's like a multiverse thing. Yeah, I, I know. Like, yeah, when you, I'm not saying like do the multiverse. I'm just saying like oh, crossovers can be neat. Like, oh yeah, yeah. Like the one team, I forget what it was in, but the team where it's like Ogami and Daigoro, uh, Lady Snow, Dracula, Zedoichi, and like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where's... And Hondo, Hikari. Yep. So uh, you know, we talked about like. Fittingly, I guess we talked about a hundred different things today, mm-hmm. but, but, uh, yeah, multi, it's like when everybody was doing prequels for a while mm-hmm. and like, they all suck and it's like, we did a hundred prequels and two of them were kind of okay. And yeah. but, like, even a good pre, there's never been a prequel that was better than the sequel. Yeah. Can you think of a single one? Not off the top of my head. Uh, like I, some people go like, uh, Godfather part two, even then I'm like, nope. That's the best one, and even then, the Michael stuff is better. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's like we had to put up with prequels for a while. I feel like we'll probably have to put up with multiverses for a while. Uh, hopefully not too long, because uh, that, that shit wears out its welcome after a while, I'm afraid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I'm good. <laughs> yeah. So, that's our take on the multiverse and the multiverses of multiverses. Of multiverses. There is one uh, use of it that I like, which maybe puts a pen in this. In uh, the Terry Pratchett novel *Night Watch*, mm-hmm. uh, it uses time travel, which is I think one of the only times he does that. Yeah, it doesn't sound like a very Terry Pratchett. Right? No, it's like his creativity hoes in other directions. He doesn't feel the need to muddy his own playing field. Yeah. But yeah, for it's because it's used sparingly, it's used well. So it's the novel Night Watch with Vimes, mm-hmm. and Captain Vimes of the guard. It's he's he and Granny Weatherwax are like the toughest nails, fundamentally yeah reliable characters, and so Vimes falls into like a time trap thing, and he goes to the like the multiverse is kind of explained to him, and this uh, his interlocutor tells him like try to picture the universe. Picture like a link of sausage strings and like all these other things. Mm-hmm. Your usual like infinite universe theories. And he says, uh, there, there are a thousand, or there's an infinite number of different universes. There's an infinite number of Sam Vimes. There's a universe where Sam Vimes rules the world and there's a universe where you're a thief. He says there's a universe where you died at a young age. There's a universe where you're a hero and a universe where you're a villain. In this universe, you love your wife. There's an infinite uh, universe somewhere where you're beating your wife. And Vimes goes, no, I'm not. And the thing goes, you know what? That's actually true. There are an infinite number of universes, and there's not a single one where you would lay a hand on your wife. So that you're, you're always you, fundamentally? Yeah, it's, I think that's the idea behind it. But I, it's, it's like the very Pratchett-esque idea where it's like, there's an infinite number of possibilities. It's like... Yeah, but Vimes would never do that. Yeah. Like, if, if you gave him till the end of time, a thousand monkeys with a thousand typewriters, this is a man who would never do that. Mm-hmm. So, say, so like, if you, see, if you use it that way, if it says something emotional about the characters, if it says something about, like, them as a person, it's cool. But if it's just like, hey, wouldn't it be great if the Val Kilmer Batman met the George Clooney Batman? 
Like, dude, I can draw that. You don't have to spend two hundred yeah. million dollars on it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, so there you go. Multiverses. 